Welcome to Time of Restoration Broadcast. We are so happy that you have tuned in and pray that something will be said to bless you, encourage your heart, lift your spirit, and increase your faith. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. For this is the day that the Lord hath made, and I made a quality decision to magnify him, to worship him, to rejoice in this day, because this is a day that the Lord made especially for me and you. I thank God for his master plan of redemption that I often always speak about because it's noteworthy. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We thank God for you joining us on this morning or this evening. We thank God that we pray that something will be said to be a blessing to you. For the last two to three weeks, I've been teaching on the theme, the importance of spiritual growth. And last week, as I was uh, closing the program, the Holy Spirit dropped in my spirit about uh, the importance of growing and that we have to learn to grow in the things of God. And one of the things that we need to not uh, avail ourselves to is to be partial, showing partiality. And I had alluded to uh, cliques and, and, and how cliques, when they begin to form, they are partial with whom uh, they will maybe sometimes support or not support, or those that they would uh, lean towards versus those they lean against. And I was sharing in uh, on last week that partiality is sin. And many times we don't realize it, but the enemy will come to you and he will paint pictures in your mind about each other He'll tell you lies about each other. And if you entertain those thoughts, you can find yourself walking in partiality and you'll be walking in sin. And I had shared with you that I will share those scriptures with you today before I continue in the teaching, uh, which we are talking about still growing, but talking about how we can grow through sanctification sanctification being set apart uh for the master's use is a type of growth that it is a long gradual process it's not a one-time shot deal we're going to be uh growing until we meet jesus face to face so i want to go into some scriptures tonight that deals with partiality i'm going to go to james chapter one uh, James chapter one no it's going to be James chapter two I'm sorry about that it's James chapter two and this is how it reads it says my brethren have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ the Lord of glory with respect of persons. 
For if there come unto you or unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place. And say to the poor, stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom, which he hath promised to them that love him. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you, and draw you before the judgment seats? Do not they blaspheme that worldly or that worthy name by the which ye are called? If ye fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, and ye do well. But if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. But whosoever shall keep the whole law, and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. But he that said, Do not commit adultery, said also, Do not kill. Now if thou committed no adultery, yet, if thou kill, thou art become a transgressor of the law. So speak ye, and do so, as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. For he shall have judgment without mercy, that hath showed no mercy, and mercy rejoiceth against judgment. So in other words, we see here that if one were to come into a, uh, an assembly or a church, because the one that looks, you know, very prosperous, you would reach out to that one. But the one that looks very poor and 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 impoverished, you would be, you know, kind of like semi. Uh, what the word I'm trying to use? You won't be as cordial with him because he looks poor. That is showing partiality, and it is sin. You know, one may say, well, I didn't commit adultery, but you show partiality. And many times, you know, we like to measure sin. We always look at a fornication and adultery being the worst of the, the not 17 tickets to hell. But then there are other sins that are committed. That's why it is so important that we learn to ask God to uh, uh, forgive us of our sins, because sometimes we maybe have shown partiality and might not have been aware of it. You know, 
just by being uh, judgmental or prejudge the situation beforehand. But also, when you talk about partiality, uh, I'm going to go to the third chapter of James, and it says, Who is a wise man endued with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation the works, his works, with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and be not against the truth and lie not against the truth. Sorry about that. My eyes are just acting up. But it said, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So you see, partiality is sin. And when you find yourself being partial to one group versus another group, or one individual versus another individual, and sometimes it's done because Satan has deceived you with lies about the people, or maybe you've had some confrontations with the people, but he wants you to harbor unforgiveness perhaps, or whatever the case might be. But we must learn that in our congregations, in our settings, we do not want to start, you know, showing partiality because it creates division. It, it, it's nothing but envying and strife. And, and where envying and strife is, you know, that, that's where the devil will reign and nothing comes out of that that's peaceful. So it's very important that we learn not to be so in continuing with our lesson on the importance of spiritual growth, we're going to continue into uh, point, we were in point one, what is sanctification? And we talked about separation to God and we read 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. Now today we're going to talk about separation from evil things and ways. And we're going to be going to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4, and then verse 7. And that reads as follows. But this is the will of God, even your sanctification that ye should abstain from fornication. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We ask, O oh God, that you would just 
Give us revelatory knowledge of your word, wisdom, and insight. God, we are praying tonight, not only for myself as, a, as, as your vessel, but God, we are praying for the hearers, that they will hear this word and hear the truth. And Lord, that they will allow this word to work in their lives. God, today we're asking for forgiveness for anything we might have said or done that will not bring glory to you. We are asking for forgiveness. And Lord, we thank you, God, for being our Savior, our Baptizer, our Friend, our Keeper, our Lord, our Master, our Savior. Hallelujah. You are our all in all. We can do nothing without you. And we thank God for you. And we thank God for the fact that we are endeavoring to grow through sanctification. And that is by setting ourselves apart to be used by you. So the scripture goes on to say that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. But God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. So God has called us unto holiness and he is saying to us, he says, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. And one thing we know that sexual sin is very rapid. And I'm going to read in your hearing the commentator notes uh, on that passage of scripture in reference to what I just read. And I'm, I'll be going to the application commentary notes. And it's, that's going to be 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verses 3 and 4. Then the commentator notes reads as follows. It says, Sexual standards were very low in the Roman Empire. And in many societies today, they are not any higher. The temptation to engage in sex outside of marriage has always been powerful. Giving in to that temptation can have disastrous results. Sexual sins always hurt someone individuals, families, businesses, churches, and more. Sexual desires and activities must be placed under Christ's control. God created sex for procreation and pleasure and as an expression of love between a husband and wife. The sexual experience, therefore, must be limited to marriage. Besides the physical consequences of sexual sin, there are also spiritual consequences. So we need to know that sexual sin, you know, is rampant and God has set the order. You know, don't get mad with the preacher. Don't get mad with, you know, the, the, the pastor or the elder or the minister that's preaching you truth. And when you go to verse three, it says, it is God's will for us to be holy. And how can we go about doing that? The Bible teaches that holiness is not a state of perfection that comes with hard work, severe discipline, or good deeds. Instead, 
if you have accepted Christ's sacrifice on your behalf and given your life to him, then God already sees you as holy and complete in his eyes, as if you have never sinned. Jesus' death and resurrection has cleansed you from the ravaging effects of sin. But that doesn't, that doesn't release you from the call to good conduct as a follower of Jesus. As one of his disciples, you will want to continue to learn, grow, and mature in your faith and life during your time on earth. This is a lifelong process called sanctification. As the Holy Spirit works in you, conforming you to the image of Jesus Christ. The goal is to be more like Jesus. So we see here that point two is dealing with the separation, hallelujah, from evil things. Now this separation is befitting and is also suitable. My point two is this. When Jesus died for our salvation, he also died for our sanctification. We're going to be going to Hebrews 10 and 10 and Hebrews 13 and 12. Hebrews 10 and 10 says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. And then 1312, it says that wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. I mean, he suffered for our sanctification. They mocked him. They pierced him in his side. They put a, thorn, a, 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 a crown of thorns on his head that pierced his skull. I mean, he went through all of this in order for us to be sanctified and for us not to want to set ourselves apart and to sanctify ourselves and grow. We're not giving uh, us, we're not doing right to ourselves. In other words, you know, he, he paid the price. So since he paid the price, all we have to do is accept the finished work. He did it, and he did it for our sanctification and our justification. We've been justified by faith. So now we are to grow. So it says here that when Jesus died for our salvation, he also died for our sanctification. Number three, it says we uh, when we receive salvation by faith, we receive sanctification. We're going to go to Acts 26, verse 28. Uh, 
Acts 26 and verse 28. Then Agrippa, no, it's verse 18. I'm sorry about that. Okay, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So, you know, that great cloud of witnesses, you know, our, our fathers and our mothers that have been sanctified, it says here, it says, to open their eyes. Uh, and I'm going to go to verse 17. It says, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. So we see here that when we accept Jesus as our personal Savior, we are forgiven. We are forgiven. But then we have to grow. We have to uh, uh, learn more of the things of God. We have to pray. We have to fast. We have to fellowship. You know, and then we would have to learn how to treat one another. You know, all these things have our growth. So we just thank God that Jesus, once we are born again, now we have the same inheritance among them that are sanctified. You know, old grandmothers, them old elders, oh my God, the prayer warriors, warriors and and, and old preachers from the old, back in the day, you know, they were sanctified years ago. And now as we are coming in to the family of God and accepting his uh, finished work on the cross, now we are among those that were sanctified by faith years ago. That's awesome. It is so sweet. And it's such a great thing to be a part of the family of God. So tonight, we hope that this teaching has been a blessing to you. And if you are out there and you're saying to yourself, well, you know, I have been kind of partial in my uh, activities and things that I've done, you know, I've always prejudged people or whatever the case might be. And you want to ask the Lord to forgive you and, and, and then just, you know, ask the Lord to help you to uh, reach out to all, you know, don't be partial in how you treat people. You know, be, be kind to all. The Bible says, you know, uh, the greatest thing is to love God, but the greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor might be one that's impoverished. It might be one that's wealthy or well off, but you don't be partial because one, you know, is in a better condition than the next one. So we want to learn to love people. Ask the Lord to, tonight to forgive you of your sins. Confess that you believe in his death, his birth, I mean his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Ask the Lord to come inside, to live inside of you, and to forgive you of your sins. Ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit and to write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life and to be your Lord and your Master and your friend. 
the Lord will keep you. One thing you have to know, don't you try to live holy. Just let him live holy through you. And when you allow him to live holy through you, it's not that much of a struggle because you are letting him live through you rather than you trying to live holy. And that's why so many people sometimes don't want to commit their lives to the Lord because they feel like they can't live it. None of us can live it. We can only live holy and be sanctified through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's a helper. He's the one that walks alongside of us to help us to be uh, sanctified and to live in holiness. And so we just thank God tonight. If you accepted Jesus and or prayed that prayer, give us a call. If there's anyone out there that would like special prayer, would like someone to agree with you, because that's where power is. Power is in agreement. And when you come and agree together, asking and praying for any particular, you know, request, it will be granted. So we just thank God tonight for those that accepted Jesus as their personal Savior. Know that the angels are rejoicing. A party is being thrown in your behalf. And Lord, we just thank God tonight for those that accepted Jesus as their personal Savior, that they will now find a church, a Bible-believing church that's teaching the whole counsel of God, that they will grow, oh God, in the things of God. Because they're babes and they can only take milk right now. But as they grow, we are now able to eat the meat of the word. The meat of the word that's going to help us and sustain us even the more. So if you would like to be a blessing to us or to this broadcast, you can write out a check or money order to Time of Restoration and mail it to Post Office Box 113, Sicklerville, New Jersey, 08081. If you would like to visit us, we are located at 403 Andrews Road, Sicklerville, New Jersey, 08081. And our morning services are now starting at 10 o'clock a.m. We'll be so happy to see you. And remember, Always to tell someone about Jesus. Always seize the moment to tell someone about Jesus. Because Jesus is Lord. Be a blessing and pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will continually to raise up people. Because the harvest is plenteous. But the labors of few. Be blessed. We love you.